welcome to episode 13 of the Cop Talk Podcast. Tonight, we are going to only be joined by Jim because uh, Mark is apparently working. Uh, I don't know if we can call it work, but, you know, he's out there uh, protecting the citizens and uh, we're here doing a show. How are you doing tonight, Jim? Are you there even? Anybody? Earth to Jim. Dude, it's like one of those Verizon commercials, huh? Where the dude talks for twenty seconds. <laughs> uh, just just check it. Calls. All right, sorry. <laughs> it was so quiet that I it, it was odd for you. Nice change of pace, huh? I think the listeners will like that. Yeah, well, you know, anytime we can get rid of Mark and then talk crap about him, I think it's a good thing. Yeah, I think he's working overtime tonight. It's a <laughs> uh, big graduation week. Oh. A lot of the schools are uh, having graduation ceremonies. And being that Mark's a kitty cop <laughs> and not a real cop, <laughs> um, you know, we can unload on him tonight. Do you think he listens to the show? you think he's going to hear that? Because, I don't know, he might drive over and... Mark Lambert to the principal's office. <laughs> well, hey, looking... cop, don't run him in the hall. <laughs> I'm looking for a topic for tonight, and since... Uh... I don't know. I mean, we got we got a couple different options here. We could do uh, drive-by shootings and gang activity, which is pretty much what's gonna. That's pretty much gonna happen to you. So. M-A-T. Uh huh. M A T. Let's talk about M A T. M A T. Marks a tool. <laughs> oh, got it. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, we could do drunk driving since that's something that you did. Ah, uh, nah. You know what? That only affects a small percentage of the uh, population. I think we should talk about stuff that that everyone is going to have an interest in listening to. Uh, and you know why I'm bringing this up, Brent? No, why? Jim, why are you bringing this up? No, no, Jim, why are you bringing this up? Uh, a buddy of mine posted a little, uh, little blurb on uh, Facebook mm-hmm. saying, get ready to uh, start laying out cash for cell phone tickets because a couple weeks ago we talked about you know, different driving violations and and how they're very uh, expensive. Ah, And now even more so um, because of the budget crunch that the state's in. And the counties and cities have taken that to a uh, survival level to where they've pretty much taken any discretion away. You know, I learned in the academy a long time ago. And yes, you know, that was a long time ago. that you know you got discretion and sometimes a warning goes a lot further than than writing a ticket mm-hmm. and i learned that if you're going to give a lecture don't write a ticket and you give the guy the option and <laughs> so, if you're going to give a lecture you can friggin lay into him you know within guidelines but if I'm you're going to write a yeah i much rather i much rather have a ticket than a lecture in many cases i got to tell you well, it depends on the lecture. <laughs> oh, well, that's true too. Yeah, depends on the lecture and how low you want to feel. But um, <laughs> but on the other hand, if you are going to write a citation, you know, keep the uh, the verbal uh, communication exchange down to a minimum and just take care of business and write the ticket. So, I've always been one to kind of lean more towards trying to point out what people have done wrong and how dangerous it is and making them feel two feet tall. And I think that sticks with them. I had a lot of cops when I was a kid growing up driving like a maniac that made a big impression on me and it didn't always have to be in the form of a ticket, you know? Um, So are you disagreeing with the fact that cities and the state have decided to have 
zero tolerance and just want to write tickets? Is that the, the, the issue that I see here? Or is it more of the fact that you just feel that a warning is better than a ticket in many cases? Well, uh, personally, Brent, uh, I'm going to have to say I disagree with the state. I disagree with the counties. I disagree with the cities. And damn it, I'm calling the president tomorrow morning and uh, flying up to Washington. We're going to have coffee and talk about this. Yeah, make sure you talk to him about that little oil spill, too, because that's really and, good. And the oil spill. But yeah. the, the bottom line is, you know, people work hard. I, I still hear, you know, the economy, uh, you know, is in friggin' turmoil and people are losing their houses and, you know, things haven't gotten very much better. Well, if you want to make a four or $500 contribution to your local county, then drive like an idiot. You know, it's simple mathematics. <laughs> if you're doing the speed limit or five miles an hour or thereabouts, you know, you're going to be cool. You're not going to get cited. But, you know, that's one thing I want to talk about is some of the things that I look for when, when I'm working the street, whether it's on the water or on the street, as far as violations. And I think every officer has his own personal pet peeves of, of what he really targets as something that bothers him. You know, right. whether it's unsafe or whatever. And, you know, mine, you know, speeding is speeding. People are always going to do it. And uh, one by one, they're going to get tickets and, and their insurance rates are going to get jacked. And, and uh, pretty soon they're going to wish that they hadn't been because those tickets are, are very, very expensive. But I also look at a lot of other things like, uh, you know, my personal pet peeve is tailgating, you know, and mm. and uh, this happened to a. Uh, you know, a, a very good friend of mine just recently, his daughter was, was driving his Mustang that he, uh, his vintage Mustang that he's been building for a year. And, uh, he wanted to surprise his daughter at graduation and, and give it to her. And she'd been driving it for about a month or so. And, and going to school, I think it was the last week of school. Um, it wasn't her fault, but another kid in a Mustang, uh, made an abrupt lane change and didn't notice that traffic had stopped right in front of him. And unfortunately, my friend's daughter rear-ended the Mustang that had cut in front of her and then stopped suddenly. But the fault is always going to roll back to the person in the back of the pack for following too closely. And you have to anticipate that something's going to happen in front of you, whether it's a kid runs out in front of you, uh, chasing a ball or a pet or an animal or a car making an unsafe lane change. You've got it. I mean, it's crucial that you give yourself enough room between the car ahead of you uh, to be able to stop. But I see it countlessly during commute hours and, you know, in the morning and the afternoon and even during the day, people riding the bumper like five feet off the car ahead of them doing 45, 50 miles an hour. And uh, that's a righteous ticket that I don't feel guilty writing at all, you know, and it's expensive. No, I think my my first accident I ever got into was a rear ender because I was young and dumb and thought I could stop faster than I could see, and obviously that didn't work out so good. Yeah, and uh, especially uh, you know when it the conditions change, the streets get wet. If it's raining, if it's inclement weather, if it's foggy, the sun's shining in your eyes in the afternoon. You know you've got to take steps to even be more heads up. But if you like your car and you like cheap insurance rates. And uh, you don't want to end up going to traffic court trying to plead your case or spending a 10-hour day in a traffic school for a ticket that you got. Then you got to smarten up a little bit. Yeah, and, and I mean, I just, even even now, it's what uh, you have to do timed uh, online uh, traffic school. But they actually make you sit there in front of the computer for an hour or whatever it is or eight hours or whatever that number is so that you can get in that amount of time. Yeah, you know what? I don't know how that works. I, I, 
I had to go to traffic school when I was young, and uh, it was the most boring, longest day of my life. And this guy had zero personality, <laughs> talked in a monotone, kind of like Mark, yeah. and just just drugged the day out to where, dude, it was painful, and you did not ever want to go back. And now they've got comedy traffic school and meet a date traffic school and Ooh. look at the clown traffic school and you know become a you know entrepreneur traffic school <laughs> it's a joke you know you go there and the last thing on your mind is is uh, thinking about you know how unsafe you were driving your car but you know the the bottom line is the worst case scenario for these mistakes ends up being a roadside cross on the uh, on the roadside shoulder you know i i just took a drive on uh Highway 12. I had to go through uh, um, Rio Vista to get to to uh, Sassoon City, and I saw so many people. One one thing is, you'll always you'll be driving along, you'll see cars approaching you from the opposite direction, getting closer, closer, and closer. And then there's always that one idiot that wants to pass you to get ahead of you, only to end up behind, you know, tailgating the car that's, you know, 100 yards ahead of you. I mean, he made no ground up whatsoever, but the cars approaching had a slam on their brakes to avoid a, a horrendous head-on collision. And it's like, those are the guys I just want to rip out of the car and strangle. <laughs> but, you know, unsafe passing, especially on highways. I mean, you, you've got you've to be extra careful. And, uh, you know, following too closely, speeding, Rolling stop signs, you know, I we talked briefly last week or the week before about the the biggest excuse we hear. You know, it was yellow when I entered, and it was like half the time it, it ain't yellow when, when the person enters. You know, the officer's sitting uh, with cross traffic, and the, the signal light's green in his direction, and some dude blows through the intersection. It's, it's not yellow in his direction. He's wishing it was yellow. Right. But, uh, you know, and that's how those, those bad crashes... Well, or you're just not paying attention at all, and you don't really know what it was. And there you go. Which is uh, really not very difficult to uh, not know what you're doing today with all the distractions that we have in modern cars. No, no. I mean, not I've at got all. I've got at least fifteen, twenty things to do in my pickup truck, other than drive. So right. you know, between music and iPod and fourteen other things, and you know, doing my makeup. But, you know, other than that, shaving. I'm just going to let that shave, go right on by. <laughs> Reading a newspaper. Fully for open. those of you that missed it, Brent apparently wears makeup. <laughs> hey, it's cool. I'm cool with it. So, I mean, I, I, I don't know how many people I pass on a you know daily basis reading a book or having a newspaper fully open in front of them or shaving or doing makeup. or do, I mean, it, it goes across the board. And I guess the question is, is I don't know how long those people think they're going to get away with that until something, you know, extraordinary happens. Mark brought it up last week, and and it's the key to every mistake that people make. They they never think it's going to happen to them. And whether it's someone breaking into their garage because they left the garage door open and no one had to break into it at all, they just walked in and took whatever they wanted, or getting into a car crash or, or something worse... You know, it's always uh, you think it won't happen to you, but it but it can happen to you, and it does, and it's just a matter of time. And it's almost like that rule for motorcycles. Um, you know, they say there's two types of cyclists on the road: those that have been down and those that are going down. And that's almost 99.9 uh, percent accurate. <laughs> well, it's the same thing with driving like a moron. You know, if you drive like a moron, 
you know, there's two types of drivers, those that, that have gotten tickets and those that are going to get tickets or right. more tickets. Well, the fact is, overall, handing out tickets is not hard. I mean, you, you, you pull onto any freeway out there and you have 100 tickets right in front of you. So oh, yeah, and what I'm talking about uh, has been mainly moving violations that are points on your license that get real pricey with, with your insurance. But, dude, there are hundreds, literally hundreds of violations in the vehicle code for non-moving violations like tinted windows or expired registration or no front plate or, you know, I mean, just the list, no side view mirror. The list just goes on and on. And Right. Even in those, some of those, I have my pet peeves. We talked about tinted windows, and and there's nothing I hate worse at night than going up on a car that's got tinted windows where I can't see the occupants. And when I'm at the trunk panel, I'll tell the driver, roll down all four windows, and I don't care if it's a 50-mile-an-hour north wind. You know, I'm going to see who's in that back seat and where their hands are before I walk up on the driver. Right. And then no front plate. You know, some people... uh, think it's cool not to have a front plate on their car and as petty as it is i don't look at it as as being a requirement as a state you know to have two plates on your vehicle i look at it as if i'm looking for a car that just did an armed robbery at a bank and it's fleeing out of town and it's a a green bmw i don't want to have i want to be able to look at the plate and say okay that's not it i don't have to turn around real quick and waste time you know stopping the wrong car you know, there's there's reasons for all those laws in the uh, in the vehicle code and the penal code. Well, and I mean, most people, at least the people I pull over, usually it seems that they, it, it's an inconvenience, obviously, being pulled over. It, that's very true no matter what. I've been pulled over. It feels like, you know, it's never a good feeling. But then again, I, I think a lot of people don't even realize the fact that, you know, there's more going on. There's more in the bigger picture other than them in many of these cases, and I think a lot of people never look at that. You know, it, if you get pulled over, it might not be because you were doing anything wrong. It could be because of something completely different. You match the description, the vehicle matches. You know, there's more cars than just yours out there that look the same. License plate had partial numbers on it, whatever those things are. And I think a lot of people just believe, like, you know, you're out to get just them and not actually doing the rest of your job and i i don't know i i guess the attitude sometimes is what you know it just sort of makes you wonder well that's one thing that that we wrote extensively about in the book you know under car stops and what your demeanor should be and and there's going to always be that percentage of people that literally talk themselves into the ticket um the aggressive attitude or when you get up to the window can i help you officer <laughs> it's like yeah you sure you can, can. me you can stop driving like a friggin' moron. Yeah. But, um, you know, the, the guy that says, I pay your salary and this and that, that, that dude's just friggin' adding it on and, and he's going to get a ticket. But, you know, I stopped the guy. I, I really don't like writing cell phone tickets because there's a lot of aspects of that violation that are unclear. And, and they say that if you have a direct connect with Nextel, it's okay to use it as a walkie-talkie. But you can't be using it as a cell phone and dialing numbers and and taking your eyes off of it, which, you know, makes a little bit of sense. But, um, you know, if you're smart, you know, when you make your call or hit send, you'll you'll put it on speakerphone and hold it, you know, five feet away from you. So it looks like a Nextel and you probably won't get stopped. But just blatantly where where uh, Tommy, my partner and I work, um, my partner at work. Um, we uh, just want to make won't. that clear. I won't the guy touch that, that wears, 
for the guy that wears makeup. But yeah, anyway, no, no problem. All right, good looking out. You want yeah. Tom's number? But um, I'm, no, I'm cool. You know, Tom loves writing cell phone tickets, and <laughs> you know that's cool. It is dangerous. I agree. I mean, um, you know, a couple months ago, Tom was coming to work, and he almost got hit head on by some some lady talking on the cell phone. You know, looking at it instead of the road, and. You know, I do agree that it's completely dangerous, but I also don't agree with if a guy's sitting at an intersection and the phone rings and he picks it up to answer it and then the light changes, uh, you know, and he merges over or whatever. I don't think that really counts as operating the vehicle and, and talking on the phone, but there's probably 90% of officers out there and judges who will say, no, that is operation. But Yeah, but you know, I mean, I think- what, what, makes, what makes hands-free any safer? Nothing. You still have to look down and, and uh, hit the button to answer the phone. I mean, it just it doesn't. You're still you're still what concentrating on the phone call. So right. you don't care about the road. I mean, that's why Europe. When I went to Europe, the roads are about roads. The cars have no stereos. You know, it's like it's there's no cup holders. It's all about driving. You get on the road and you drive your car and then you get out and then you do what you need to do. Yep. It's just a different world, and I think a lot of people here, I mean, I drove back from work, uh, what, two days ago, driving back from work, just minding my own business, almost got run off the road by somebody in the slow lane because she's talking on the phone. Mm-hmm. So, But then again, I've had perfectly, well, not, I guess not perfectly good people, but you know, I've had people that aren't talking on anything try to drive me off the road, so... I don't know. I think everybody's distracted for different reasons. I think that this is just one of those. I, I couldn't see myself writing a cell phone ticket. I could see myself happily giving somebody a warning for it. But Yeah, but on the other hand, if you have a sergeant that's getting heat from the lieutenant and the captain that your guys aren't writing enough tickets, right? Uh, and you look at it as an easy three-minute ticket to scratch out that's going to take heat off you, uh, the dude behind the wheel that's using the phone is going to lose. Oh, yeah, totally. Because all, all you're looking at is is taking the heat off you and being able to tell the sergeant, hey, look, I wrote a ticket, you know, gee, well, oh, gosh. And it's also a rule. I mean, it's one of the laws that was passed by the citizens of this state and many others that say that it's okay to give me a ticket for that. And right. I guess, you know, it's not like somebody just made that crap up and then, you know, put it out there. It was voted on. Yes, it was. So I guess part of it makes me go, well, you probably should read what you're voting for on the, I mean, I, I love my reaction to you'll pay my salary. I just hand him a quarter and say, there's your portion. <laughs> because, I mean, especially me as a reserve who works for free. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, okay. Here's your quarter. Um, here's your ticket. And uh, have a nice night. So, Chris yeah, Chris I mean, I I have a, a little, obviously, I, I have a different view of this because, A, I don't get paid to go to court and B, I have the ability to write tickets or not write tickets in a much more casual fashion than you, I would assume. Yeah. So, I mean, on the flip side of that though, there's certain things that a ticket is well worth because hopefully it sinks in a little bit deeper. But then again, I mean, you ticket a lot of people on the water and I would assume, are you, you think those people are going to get the clue? You know, I, I kind of debate that with my sergeant all the time. And, and a lot of times, you know, people are just uninformed out on the water. I mean, there's no licensing mandated. You can just right. go out and buy a boat that, that does 90 miles an hour and turn the key and hit the river. 
and not know anything about obstructions or rules of the road or, or uh, right-of-way or, or anything out there. And uh, those Which are is, the ones that get in, in major accidents. That's astonishing to me. So basically uh, that, what you're saying is you're giving them a, a paid class in whatever that ticket's for? <laughs> well, if, if, if there's no a way No flotation to, device. Ah, 50 bucks. There you go. <laughs> uh, that's not 50 bucks. That's more like 250 Oh, okay. So that's more of a lesson, yeah. Uh, speed zone violation. You know, making a wake in a no-wake zone. It's 500 bucks. Uh, the blue light law. You know, if a, a, an enforcement boat has its blue lights on, it's a mandatory no-wake zone within 300 feet of that boat. In case the uh, crew is doing a medical or a rescue or testing a, a BUI or handling an arrest or whatever, you know, people will fly by at 40, 50, 60 miles an hour, you know, 25 feet away, not thinking about what that four or five foot wake behind their boat's going to do to our two boats tied together. And, you know, for the most part, all our patrol boats are, are aluminum hulls. And that metal will just shatter a, a uh, you know a fiberglass hull or a wood right. hull, and it causes extensive damage. That ticket's five hundred bucks, and it's one that the judge, you know, zero tolerance. You know, if you're that if you're that misinformed out on the river, you shouldn't be out there. Well, I mean, do they make something? I mean, uh, this is getting off topic of what we're talking about tonight a little bit, but. I guess we don't really have a topic, so it also helps. But the, you know, I mean, is there some kind of information pamphlet that people can get for that type of thing? Yeah, and it's, you know, if you go online uh, through Google or whatever, I mean, if you look at safe boating information, I mean, just thousands of websites will pop up. Um, the I mean, Coast Guard, does Coast Guard, Coast Guard handle that too? Yeah, okay. They, they still have, uh, you know, like eight-hour safe boating classes where you'll get a sticker uh, for your windshield. And basically the cool thing about that is most the uh, regular law enforcement officers out there, you know, if they see that sticker, they, they assume that you've been through the course. I don't assume it because, you know, my thought is the dude probably bought a boat from someone else and, and uh, you know, just kept the sticker in the window. But I'll ask the guy, if I've got a lawful reason for stopping the boat, I'll say, you know, are you aware of the blue light law? Are you aware of gunnel riding? Gunnel riding is the act of riding on the side of the boat or on the back of the boat, like on the transom or, or teak surfing, you know, with your feet on the, uh, on the swim step. You know, anything uh, hanging your legs over the front bow, anything not being in a regular seat in the boat. Is that really what that's called, teak surfing? Yeah, teak surfing. Because <laughs> uh, all the swim platforms are usually... Or teak, uh, yeah. Or teaked. But, wow. dude, that's a... Uh, that's a... $2,200 ticket in my county, and in the adjacent county, it's a $7,200 ticket. That's seven grand smokes. <laughs> because it's so dangerous. It's also called the anti-prop cut law, because uh -huh. so many people have fallen out of their own boat and literally got, got uh, either killed or shredded to near death uh, by the propeller of their own boat they were riding in. I mean, yeah, it's extremely dangerous. There's no way that you could slow down in time. Oops, he fell off the front. Oops, he popped out the back. I had this older couple, you know, it didn't help the fact that they had been drinking all day either, but I had this older couple on a competition ski boat, and uh, Pops was riding with his butt on the side of the boat right above the uh, the throttle, and, uh, and uh, his wife, who he was having a little verbal altercation with, was sitting on the uh, center engine cover, and he reached down to uh, grab a CD, and he bumped the throttle. You know, basically, he floored the boat. 
and it knocked him all the way to the back of the boat, knocked her to the back of the boat. So they're both upside down with their legs in the air as their boat traveled across another person's private dock across their boat and landed on the rocks wedged underneath um, these these other people's deck, you know, of their house. Oh. And it was the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. But when you followed the path of boat back and saw the prop cuts through the wood, you know, the circular cuts through the wood and across the, uh, the fiberglass boat that was in the dock there, it was like, Jesus, if, if anybody had been on that dock or in the water or in a boat right there, I mean, they would have got friggin' majorly propped. Yeah, and that's, you know, but there's reasons. There's reasons for that law. Yeah, that's that's crazy. I've seen weird accidents, but that one might win. Oh, that was uh, that was. I think I have pictures of that somewhere. I should put it on the site. But you know what? What started all this was my buddy Pete, who uh, you know was given a warning out. I, I almost the way it was written, it was like he got that two hundred and fifty dollars cell phone ticket, which is, as he announced, soon going up to five hundred dollars in mm. certain parts of the state. So um, if you're really smart, you know, and I don't like Bluetooth because mine I can hardly hear. It's low quality, even though I thought it was a good one that I was getting. You know, some of them are really good, but uh, if you're going to use a Bluetooth, you need to use it. You, it can't be at your house charging or, you know, you, you've got to use it or you're going to get that $500 ticket. Otherwise, I mean, what did we do before cell phones? You know, you went to a pay phone. If your pager went off, and uh, you put a quarter in, and you dialed the the payphone. Now, granted, I haven't seen anyone use a payphone in about six years now, but um, there's nothing saying that you have to put yourself in the position of talking on the phone while you're driving. You know, just pull over to the shoulder, signal, pull over, stop, and you could have a three-hour conversation. But realtors and and uh, attorneys and people that are on the go and investors, you know, where time is is uh, everything. You know, they're going to look at it as, well, I don't have time to pull over and talk. Well, then you right. shouldn't have time to answer the phone. Well, life is all, life these days is always, a, you know, rush, 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 get everything, get too much stuff done in a day and multitask throughout your entire day. Well, that's when everything goes wrong, you know, and if everyone just slowed down a little bit in life, I, I think it'd be uh, a lot safer. It's, you know, and we have a saying on the boats in our unit, you know, slow is pro. And you don't have to bust through, uh, you know, docking your boat or, or making an approach to a suspect boat in a hurry. Slow as pro. You're never going to crash. You're never going to cause any damage. It's safe. Well, it's the same thing in going through life, you know, slow as pro. If you're raising your kids, slow as pro. Don't rush it because they're going to grow up. You're going to miss every minute you missed out on from rushing. And when you rush, you make mistakes, whether it's parenting, driving a car, a motorcycle, home security, DUIs, anything, you know, that motto holds true for a lot of things. Yeah, well, I think I think in general that's probably a pretty good rule. I probably need to do that myself. Well, but, I, I mean, not I, directly and say that, but Brent, you should probably do that yourself. Yeah, well, I work too much. So, I mean, I guess the, the, the makeup and the cross dressing, it yeah. really has to stop. I never said cross dressing. I did say I, I think I heard you say that. Yeah. So, well, if there's anyone out there who heard Brent say that he admits he's a crossdresser, uh, <laughs> please write the show, send an email, we'll send you a book and one of uh, Brent's garments. <laughs> oh, great! That's I've heard. That's a really good way to make money online. So I've uh, I've heard that. Yeah, I've heard that too. I haven't actually experienced it, but so I, I don't know. Well, maybe here's another thing. Last week we went to. Uh, 
We went to a brawl. You know, it's a time of year where everyone's going to have a few cold beers, especially with the hot weather coming. And, is that uh, like is that like code word for party? Yeah, brawl. But <laughs> brawl. Yes. Yeah. In, in your case, it's bra. But yeah. anyway. oh, thanks. But uh, and I thought I missed Mark. Start, you started it, dude. Yeah. But um, you know, it's funny because when you and me and Mark were growing up, it was a whole different era, and and you'd hop on a ski boat, and you'd go out and have fun, and and you'd meet girls, and you'd live happily ever after. And now all people want to do is show off that their boat's better than the boat next to them, and their stereo's louder than the next stereo to theirs. And uh, if you look at somebody cross-eyed the wrong way, then friggin' bam, you know, and you've got your girlfriend wearing a thong out at Ski Beach, and some guy walking by makes a comment, like, which any probably normal guy's gonna do. And then the boyfriend's uh, rushing to the rescue, challenging the other dude to fight, and it's like, everyone wants to fight. And you hear the scanner, I mean, you just worked a, a large event in our county, Everyone wants to fight. Everyone gets a heat on, and then they want to fight. They want to prove that they're the biggest baddest in the world. Yep. And it's like no one really remembers how to have fun anymore or how to meet people or how to make friends. You know, it's all – everything's just a big showdown or it's attitude. And, uh, you know, for some people, those four or five beers are going to be costly because if you make the wrong move and challenge anyone to fight, which is against the law in itself – uh, and follow through with it by l- laying your hands on anybody um, for any reason whatsoever. You're going to get hooked for uh, for assault and battery. You know, it, it's a misdemeanor charge. But our feeling on that is, if you're going to act like a friggin' moron and not be able to play with all the other children, then uh, we're going to put your your butt in uh, room number nine down at the county jail, and you can sit there all night with the smelliest people in the world. <laughs> Man, that is that is no kidding. That That's just pretty brought, That brought back bad memories. Oh, horrible memories. <laughs> and I and I just worked there. I didn't even have to sit in the room. You know what's disgusting is everyone that gets booked. Rarely did you ever come across somebody that took their mother's advice to always wear clean underwear in case you're involved <laughs> in an accident. Because oh my god. Uh, yeah, that you know we don't need to talk about this anymore. No. No, but whether it's uh, whether it's out on the water or the downtown bar, uh, you know, where you and I used to work, you know, every Friday and Saturday night, you'd count on a big friggin college kid brawl from people not being able to get along. And and it's uh, nine times out of ten. It's the alcohol talking and the alcohol making you act like a fool. And uh, you're going to pay the price. Yeah, well, I think society today is all about possessions, too. I mean, it has a lot to do with what you own, not who you are. I think, you know, in many cases, people are out there to show off the cool new stuff that they have versus, uh, I don't know, common sense. So, you know, if you're going to show off whatever that thing is, if it's a car, I mean, you see it every day. The You know, I have no problem with cars that are cool. But when you're doing 14 miles an hour in the fast lane on the freeway trying to show it to me, that's a problem. You know, and those, I, I mean, I personally love car offenses, the, you know, where people think they can get away with murder on these, on souped up different cars because I'm a car guy. So yep. you know, I, I appreciate those laws, but then again, you know, I don't like some of them, but you know, it, it, people think they can get away with anything and do anything in today's society. And I don't, I don't know why, I don't know where that changed. I mean, when I was growing up and my parents taught me to do things a certain way, they taught me the right way. 
And I, I think it goes back to, you know, what, what you wrote about pretty extensively is, you know, where have all the parents gone and where, where has that person gone that smacks the crud out of you when you do something wrong to hopefully set you back on the right path? I mean, if you go out and act, I mean, I, I cannot tell you how many idiots we dealt with in that three day period at the event I did. I mean, it's a, and on every level from parking to straight up, you know, getting into brawls on every about the stupidest things in the world. And it's like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm glad there's, you know, 50 cops here to babysit you because you, <laughs> because you don't actually know how to get along in today's, you know, world. Yep. I just, I, mean, I don't get it. I, man, part of me just scratches my head and goes, what, what? No, you, you know, that's one thing that, wrong that, that uh, that's one thing that, that my mom and dad really, really stressed upon us is, you know, you treat people with the respect that you want in return. And if you act like a little, you know, moron, you're going to get friggin' treated like a moron. And it's the same when dealing with the cops, you know, Mark and I grew up in Oakland and, and, um, you know, we were we were taught at a young age. You know, you 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 respect the people who, under any circumstances, would lay down their life to protect you. And uh, you know, it, it's a very honorable profession. And somewhere down the line, uh, you know, that hasn't been passed on to other generations because uh, you look at certain areas of the county where uh, you know you deal with that youth group of you know fifteen. Uh, to uh, 20 or 22 and you know there's no respect for talking to a cop it's it's like they're talking to one of the homies uh and one of the homies that they don't like you know and it's it's like dude you're gonna lose you can't win you know and and they just don't get it yeah i you know and you had you had a taste of that uh at the event you worked from what you you know from what you told me oh yeah no i I, every time i go out there's something i mean it's like I, I mean, I wish there was a rule where we could, like, you know, try to teach people what the heck, how stupid they actually look. We should carry mirrors. Just hold it up. Dude, check that. You know, I don't I don't know what you're thinking, but, you know, in the real world, people don't act like that. Right. So, and I think it's because, you know, they think that they're all that. I mean, we had, like, 14 fights on our last night at that event. And mm-hmm. they, were, they were all because of two things, beer and women. And that's it. Yep. Yep. And it's like just because one guy didn't like the way the other guy was looking at somebody that he just met. And it's like, hello. Okay. And yeah. now why are, why are you bloody and she's laughing and you're going to jail? I, I don't know. What are we in third grade? Uh, apparently. I, I don't even know if we made it to third grade. But, you know, I guess part of this, well, and I kind of want to dive into this one topic tonight, which is something that we sort of talked about before, and I think you probably have a pretty good understanding of, I hope, is uh, is what, do the, what does the person, let's say in a car, or the person that you just walk up onto and, and meet while you're on duty, what, if you're, you know, what do you know, or what does that person know about being stopped by an officer in general? You know, do they, should they expect something? Do they know what's going through our minds? And I think a lot of that time, or, or I mean, for I'd say 90% of the time or 100% of the time, they don't have a clue. But then again, that's why we wrote the book, right? So we wrote the book to try to educate people as to why cops do what they do and why certain times you're going to get an attitude and other times you're not. 
and it has to do with how you re, you know how you act and all that. And there's a whole chapter about this that right. that we go into this and. I mean, we got about, you know, another 20 minutes in the show. Maybe we could just dive into a couple of these topics on that and sort of just round out. The, you know, this is kind of it's almost like a rap session. <laughs> so, you know, let's see what we can do to to sort of try to educate people on maybe the, you know, five top key points as to what what they should know about being stopped by an officer or a deputy. Well, I, you know. I'm certainly not going to talk for other cops. I'm just going to talk for how I, I view yeah. that personally. And I'm, I wish Mark were here because he might have a little different view than I do. But Well, we can um, get we can have him chime in next week when he's back and, and sort of give his opinion on what – I mean, I, I would assume it's different. Well, I've worked with a lot of different people. And, I mean, it's literally different for every single person I've ever worked with. You know, and it's just nobody – no cop, I think, does it the same. No, maybe, they don't. And maybe a general outline is correct, but I mean, you you look at where Mark's at tonight, and fifteen years ago, the last thing that you would ever focus your attention on is a graduation night at a high school, uh, thinking about how many people have guns out there and how right. quickly uh, you know, a major incident could fire off over attitude and drugs or or whatever. But that's what the focus is these days, which is where the focus in my opinion shouldn't have to be no it shouldn't have to be but it is you know right. and guns are so prevalent on the street that's that's what's in my mind every time i approach a car whether it's a clean car a dirty car uh a young driver uh a 90 year old lady it doesn't matter to me i i assume that there's a gun in every car right well i i could tell you right now from from the event i did and watching the security work at the event and watching what could get through those metal detectors, I pretty much assumed everybody was armed with like a tank because yeah. I think they could have I think they could have snuck anything through there if even if you weren't trying. So you know, and I, I really think that pro I mean, I would agree a hundred percent. I believe every well, and I guess that I don't know if that's a level of paranoia. Uh, I think that's no, just a level of personal safety and wanting I, I to go home at the end of the night. I think it is personal safety. Now, I, I, you know, I wasn't there this year, but were we manning the uh, no. those uh, security gates, or was it private security? Private, private security. So that's another thing, and not, nothing the, against private security, but <laughs> most of the uh, run-ins I've had uh, with private security, uh, you know, I mean, and there are there are many, many top-notch professional guys right on the verge of being cops, uh, top-level security companies. But on the other hand, there's a, just as many fly-by-night jokers who aren't certified, you know, have violations from the state. <laughs> Half the guys that work for them I recognize from being in the jail when I was, you know, working the county jail. And it's like, what are you doing? Oh, I've hey. turned around, Lambert. Now I'm on your side. It's like, if you, no, you ain't, if you, if you can't beat them, join them, man. Yeah, the, and then the funny part. they've got their own little gang uh, driving around, threatening to beat people for you know walking through a parking lot after nine o'clock at night, and you know all yeah, they've the, done is. <laughs> the best part about this, though, is the security right at this was told there's one rule when you're doing either a a search, a pat down, or metal detecting on somebody, and the rule is you can't touch them. 
Now, part of me sort of laughs inside. The other part sort of cries a little because it's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> you're, you're searching people <laughs> to maintain safety, yet you're not allowed to touch them because you're... No, I, I heard that can be done because if you get a Sharpie pen <laughs> and if you paint an eye in the center of both hands, you can very closely uh, pat search uh, a person and actually see what they have. You can't, you can't even pat search them. You, that's the rule because they're worried. They're so worried about a lawsuit because of you know improper touchy feely that that is more important than somebody potentially carrying a gun or weapon or whatever inside that event, and that's astonishing to me. And that, well, that sadly, that's where our society is though, because that the just first kind of makes me wonder about. What Mark's buddy Sheriff Joe would say in Arizona about yeah. that? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that the words "pat" or "strip" might come to work, you know, mind. But I, I, I don't know, you know. And it's like it, I see this all the time. It's this balancing of litigation versus safety. And I think there's going to be a point where those two, you know, are really. I mean, I think we're there now in many cases. But you know, the first words out of somebody's mouth, you know, you're going to search me. Uh, well, I'm going to sue you. Okay, well, that's fine. You don't need to come to this event. And you can turn around and you can go back. And if you don't like that, you'll probably go out in the parking lot, get in a fight with somebody or go shoot somebody on your way out. And it's like, uh, you know, so you have to weigh all these options. But really, I mean, in general, is that something that uh, uh, don't even get me started? (laughs) Well, keeping along the lines of, you know, what people should expect if they get stopped. I think for the most part, people should expect that most every officer, because of how violent society is, is expecting the worst. And until that person or driver shows a, a, uh, a, a stable demeanor or a level of cooperation, you know, that officer is going to be, uh, you know, on the aggressive or, or uh, you know, on, on the caution side. Um, and he may come off or she may come off stronger than, than what they would normally do. But, um, you know, you've got one extreme to where the dude comes off flying off the handle because he's so offended that you stopped him and you're wasting his time. Uh, like like what Mark brought up in that Chris Rock video, which is a riot, by the way. Um, all the way to the guy that he's got both hands on the wheel. He's staring he- ahead and he's got a white knuckle grip on the steering wheel. And, uh, uh, officer, my wallet's in my left pants pocket. May I have permission to uh, retrieve it for you? And it's like, okay. And while he's doing that, I'm looking along the door jam and the floorboard and under the seat and uh, taking a quick glance to make sure everything's cool. And then, you know, I see this guy's paranoid, and then that's nutting me up a little bit because it's like, why is this guy so paranoid? But some people are when they get stopped by the cops. So, you know, it's like, hey, buddy, you know, relax a little bit. You know, you don't have to friggin' rip the steering wheel out of its friggin' socket. (laughs) Just relax, you know. But I appreciate you keeping your hands where I can see him. I mean, that's something that goes a long way with an officer rather than the dude that's fumbling around trying to conceal something to where, you know, we know the game, we know what's going on. And that's going to be the dude that gets yanked out of the car and uh, stuffed or what we say cuffed and stuffed. And uh, then you're going to, you know, retrieve a nine millimeter from under the seat that the guy was trying to stash or a bag of dope. You know, if somebody just sat still Officer, you know, you know, uh, what did I do, or how can I help you, or whatever? And the officer explains why he stopped him. 
you know, the ones that are confrontational are going to get a confrontation back and they're going to lose. But the ones that are honest, you know, that's the biggest thing I look for on a, on a stop. And I'll always ask them those three questions because those are the notes that I put on the back of a citation. You know, I put Q for a question. Did the person, I always ask the same question. Do you know why I stopped you? And I want to hear that dude be honest. You know, I want to hear the guy say, ah, it's probably going a little fast. Or I want to hear him when he was doing 70 and a 30 say, no, I have no idea. You know, <laughs> I want to know how far this guy's going to play the little game before I, uh, before I slam him. But, the, you know, on paper, but the guy that, the guy that's honest and, and, uh, you know, plays it straight with me is going to get some consideration. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I don't feel good about writing tickets, but yet then again, I don't mind writing them for the right people. You know, well, you got to realize that there's there's a segment of society that, you know, I mean, you have professional painters, you have professional computer people, you have professional investors, you have professional bankers, you have professional doctors, you even have professional police officers. Well, there's a professional element that specializes in screwing up and getting pulled over all the time by the cops, but that's a, a small element, but they're pros at it. You know, it's like you drove 10 feet and you're getting stopped for being a moron. It's like, <laughs> okay, you know, and that's just, that's them. But for the most part, the average person doesn't get stopped all the time by the cops. So when they do get stopped or when they do see those red and blue lights in the in the rearview mirror, it takes them by surprise. And a lot of people are, are extremely nervous and, and uh, you know, you hear it in their voice, you see their hands shaking, and you try and make make them feel a little more at ease but you know for those two or three times that you may get stopped because you're a normal person doing everything right in life you know it's like we talked about a few shows back you know it makes a lot of impression with the officer if you don't reach over to the glove box without asking and you open the 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 glove box door and 80 tons of paper fall out because you've just been stuffing papers and wendy's wrappers and in and out fries in there you know <laughs> if you've got your registration uh neatly stapled to your insurance card and everything else and and you pull it out from the visor or from the glove box and you go officer here's my paperwork i mean that 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 is i can't even tell you how huge that is you know at least with me it makes a big impression so right i mean i uh, guess i mean part of that is is i mean we can only speak for ourselves so you know, in, in the bigger picture, are there cops out there that are going to be jerks and potentially give you a bad time and write you a ticket and well, say it's a thank two way, you? Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a two-way street. The uh, There's always going to be idiots that we stop, and then it's going to turn us into idiots and they're going to lose. But there's always going to be cool, innocent drivers going down the road that get stopped by a cop that's having a bad day or maybe uh, is going through a divorce or money problems or he's in trouble at work or... Or he's having the exact same problems that that other person's having that day. Yeah. Because in the end, cops are just people. They're just people. Yeah. And they have the same problems that everybody else does. You know, teenage kids uh, running amok or, or, you know, problems, it's no different. But you got to stay focused when you're at work. And if you let your attitude get get in the way, you know, you're going to cause yourself a bunch of grief as an officer. Um but people have a recourse. If they're a driver and they get stopped by someone that's unreasonable, they have a recourse, and that's to call the uh, police department and say, listen, I'd like to talk to a supervisor. I was stopped by an officer. I, I felt he was uh, 
overly aggressive and out of line and and uh you know i i don't think it's right and i'm not making a formal complaint but i want to let you know the person that comes off like that is given a lot more validity than the guy that rants and raves the officer said he was going to shoot me he called me this like 18 times and blah 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 you know something so far off the hook unless the dude's got a video of it you know yeah okay dude it, it ain't going nowhere but but the person that gets stopped that feels like they've been dissed definitely has a right to call the supervisor and to a either just notify the supervisor of of maybe an officer's uh, misconduct or alleged misconduct or b making a formal uh, internal affairs complaint and keeping it real you know most cops keep themselves in check they keep their emotions in check because they don't want to go through that hassle it's it's a pain in the butt and, uh, you know, I've been around 25 years. I've only been in IA for, you know, less than 24. five fingers on one hand. <laughs> you know, Yeah, thanks, Brent. <laughs> I can't wait to get back and tell the department you're a cross-dresser wearing makeup. <laughs> hey. anyway. It's cool. It's modern society. They can't do nothing about that. Oh, I think so. they can. But anyway. <laughs> um, you know, but, you know... I, I keep things real, and, and uh, you know, like I started to say, I always ask a driver three things to kind of determine, you know, what kind of cooperation I'm going to get on this stop. You know, do you know why I stopped you? And they usually say, uh, yeah, I was probably going a little fast. Then I'll ask them, you know, do you know how fast you were going? And the dude that was doing 70 that I just clocked on radar, you know, if he says, uh, you know, 35 or 40, then I'm going to go, that ain't going to work. You know, and then they'll go... Uh, you know, maybe 65, you know, and that's more realistic, you know. And then the last question I ask them is, do you know what the speed limit is? Do you know what the posted speed limit is? And I'll either get no or they tell me or I get the biggest excuse, well, I'm not from around here. And my advice to people who are driving in newer foreign areas, all the more reason to pay attention to those signs and know where you're going because uh, the cop that writes you a ticket is going to figure, you know what? This dude lives way down in L.A. He ain't coming up here for traffic court to fight this case. So I'm writing the ticket. So nine times out of ten, you're going to lose that one. But my biggest argument is if you don't know an area or what the streets are, or what the signs are, or where a stop sign is, all the more reason to slow down and, and drive more responsibly. You're not going to blast through a neighborhood that's got four-way intersections all the way through it and use the excuse, well, I, I didn't know where the stop signs were. I'm not from the area. Well, it's like, hey, dude, they're all painted red with white lettering throughout the state. You know, yeah, you're common, bad. Common sense dictates you drive slower. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. The <laughs> but, you know, getting through that car stop, you know, when I approach the car, um, I'd like to see the hands on the wheel or at least in plain sight, not fidgeting around. Uh, if I ask them questions, I'd like honesty and, and uh, civil conversation, not someone getting all defensive or telling me how I'm doing police work wrong. And and then if I ask for the registration and proof of insurance, you know, for them to say, hey, it's in the glove box, is it okay to get it? And then I know exactly what their intentions are and what they're doing. And, uh, you know, and then I'll make the decision based on, you know, it's, it's almost like a, a math formula. If if someone was driving way out of line and it was an extremely dangerous violation, then regardless of any honesty or, or having done everything right with registration and insurance stapled together and, 
and the right answers and everything, blatantly driving 75 miles an hour in a 30 or 35 is going to kill somebody, and there's no making that right. So, you know, you're getting the ticket. But on the other hand... Heck, you're getting the ticket. You might get your car towed. Yeah, that could happen, too. If it gets up to a point where it's, it's considered reckless, uh, right? reckless driving, then, then you can get your car towed. You know, and that's another thing. If, uh, on the other hand, if a guy does a violation and he's respectful and he does everything right... Um, you know, I may not write the ticket or if I do write the ticket, it'll be for a non-moving section instead of the, the running the stop sign, which is originally what I stopped him for. You know, listen, man, I'm not going to write you for the, uh, for the rolling, uh, rolling the stop sign, but I am going to write you for the cracked windshield and you got to get that taken care of. You know, it's not a moving violation. And by the way, you're driving on a suspended license. I understand they just suspended it two weeks ago. You may not be uh, aware of it, but you are aware of it now because I'm telling you. And if you're driving again, uh, you're going to get the car towed for 30 days at your expense. So what I would do is get on that cell phone and have someone come down and get the car. Because if I see you leaving from here driving, I'm going to tow the car. You know, but I mean, instead of just yanking the guy's car right out from underneath him, you know, in the middle of the night. Uh, for 30 days, at least you're being a little civil or a little, little decent. And, you know, it, it's the same thing that my mom and dad taught me, you know, show people the same respect that you want to get in return. And usually that's, uh, it's always a win-win situation. You know, and Mark used a good example last week about the homeless dude that was out panhandling. Um, you know, he, uh, yeah. yeah, he helped him out. And I, I mean, that's the kind of guy that will never forget that. And, and that one time when you're uh, at a brawl behind a bar and it's two guys against you in the middle of the night and uh, you can't get to your radio to call for cover and that homeless dude remembers that you're a pretty decent human being even though you wear a badge, you know, he's going to friggin' help you out, you know, or, or someone else and do the right thing. So. Oh, it goes around, comes around. I mean, that's, that's, always, that's why I love pulling over kids because you can make an impression quite easily. Uh, especially, you know, in the neighborhoods like we used to work in out here, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's easy to make an impression that hopefully sticks for a while in the good kids, you know, obviously in the bad ones, you're not going to make the proper impression, but you know, those are, (laughs) those are, (laughs) those are the best. What's what's scary is, you know, now I'm an old dude, but I used to be a young dude and, and, uh, it's scary how many people write to me and say, you know what, if it wasn't for you, I never would have been a cop, but you know, I love my job. I love every minute and you were a big role model for me. And, you know, I kind of downplay that. Um, but it's kind of cool seeing people that, that were, uh, impressed with what they saw or what they heard and then went on to become, uh, you know, excellent police officers. It's pretty cool. You know, and one I know of uh, even uh, ended up being uh, assistant chief down by where you're at. You know, uh, he was a little kid that that had a few beers with a buddy, with some buddies one night, and uh, and decided to take off running. And and then uh, because we thought he was uh, more serious than than he was, uh, got to talk to a 130 pound Rottweiler face to face. And, uh, you know, I had my choice of either booking him at Juvenile Hall or taking him home to his parents, and I opted for not booking him. You know, I, I took him home, and, and uh, I was very civil with him, and I was civil with the parents. And that actually started kind of a cool, uh, you know, friendship or a mutual friendship. And, uh, you know, I'd stop by from time to time to see how the kid was doing because he was kind of in that stage where he was having some some conflicts with mom and dad and uh the dude went on to be just an exceptional 
uh, motor officer, uh, police officer, patrol officer, uh, involved in, in several shootings in a very active uh, police department on the other end of the county. And then uh, he came back to the sheriff's office and, uh, you know, I said earlier where he's at, assistant chief, you know, in one of the, uh, the contract cities. And I'm very proud of him, you know, he'll always be a good friend of mine. And it all started from that night where I yelled stop, he didn't, I had to chase him down, but he was respectful, made an impression on me, and it's lasted uh, 25 years. Well, you can always make a mistake, and then you can always potentially fix that mistake in most cases. It's just, you know, some people decide not to. Well, that's, you know, I, I mean, that's the bottom line right there in, in wrapping up car stops. Even if the dude, I, I said it's kind of like a math formula, but, you know, if the dude gets stopped for, um, you know, a moving violation and he's polite respectful has all his paperwork ready and everything's good to go and it wasn't that you know big a deal if i ask him what's the last time you got a moving violation and he says oh it's been five or six years and then i pull up on the computer and he's had like nine moving violations in the last nine weeks you know the dude's getting a ticket and he's probably going to lose his license so you know people do make mistakes and uh it's kind of a corrective counseling type gig you know where hey you got a ticket or you got a warning but you better learn from it and try not to let it happen again because it's just going to get worse and worse and um, those are the people that end up paying horrendous fines getting their cars towed and uh, being miserable yeah well I mean there it's it's interesting I'm reading through this I'm reading through this is actually quite an extensive write-up that we do uh, in the book Um, but the interesting part is is there's there's like a section for stuff you should do, which is like five items, and then there's like six pages on don'ts. <laughs> so there's a, there's there's plenty of don'ts in here. I can tell you. I mean, you know, don't stop abruptly in the lane. Don't pull over to the left or into the center divider. You know, don't make unexpected movements, which you talked about. But here's one that I think I've had this happen to me, and I'll tell you, this is never good. Which is when the when you pull somebody over and they get out of the car and start walking towards you, and yeah. that's. I I got to tell you I did that as a kid once when I got pulled over and I will never do that ever ever yeah, again because I would assume all, you hit the pavement pretty quick. I, I well let's just say that all I was looking at was the end of the gun. So yeah. and it was made very clear to me that that was the wrong thing to do and I said, "Well, you know, from this point forward I'll never do that again because uh I don't like that end of the gun." Right. So I can thank my uh, local uh, police department right here for doing that to me and <laughs> making me change my pants. But, you know, don't lie, right? So don't lie is another big one. I hate it when people lie to me because, you know, yep. what? we are professional lie detectors. We're out yep. there every day listening to that BS. And you know what? At a, at a certain point, you just know when people are lying to you. So yep. even if it's a good lie, we'll probably figure it out. So, you know, I mean, you give some really good um stories in here especially about uh the guy that had to go to the er and a few other issues like that but i might even i might even post this on the site this week just so people have a look at it Uh, all right but there are definitely a lot of don'ts and i mean i guess one of the ones that we haven't hit on is you know well don't plead don't beg and don't cry yep (laughs) because those don't work so but there's two in here that I sort of want your opinion on, which is, I mean, I understand don't argue with the cop and don't blame the cop, but if the person feels that they're right, 
what's the place that they have to do that? Where, where can they take that argument later on, and how do they get their side of the story heard? Well, nine times out of ten, that, that argument's going to be heard in traffic court. Okay. And uh, there are a lot of times when, when uh, their argument's heard, the judge feels there's a, a reasonable amount of possibility that it went down as the driver you know, explained, and, and he'll dismiss it. Or more often than not, he'll, what he calls or she calls, take it under submission and notify both the officer and the, and the driver by mail. Usually he does that so that he's not fronting one person or the other off if it's that close, uh, you know, a dice shake. But uh, usually what that means is the officer, uh, you know, maybe didn't see things as clearly as he thought. And, and the, the judge was impressed by what the, the uh, driver had to say. And he's probably going to rule in his favor. Right. Well, it's- but traffic court is, is where that takes place. And the people that dress to impress keep a calm demeanor. Uh, go to the trouble to either do diagrams or take photographs or prevent as much present as much evidence to the court as possible are going to be the ones that prevail. Right. So you pull me over, and the first thing I say out of my mouth is, uh, "Well, officer, I know the sheriff, uh, the president, um, your parents." You know, throwing names around, that doesn't work for me either. No, and that'll be followed by my first question, do you know why I stopped you? (laughs) Then the next one's going to be, do you know what the speed limit is? (laughs) And my last one will be, do you know how fast you were going? But I'm not from around here, officer. (laughs) Then my last question will be, what's a better court date for you, Wednesday or Thursday? (laughs) Well, I got a DVR, so actually both days are good for me. That's good, though. I mean, this is actually a really good article. I mean, this 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 write up in here. I mean, it, you basically ended off with you know a traffic stop as an education, and I think, I think in many cases it is an education. It might not be the best day in school for you, but you know overall we're out there doing those stops daily, hundreds potentially. In well, in uh-huh. the case of, in the case of the highway patrol, potentially hundreds of de- a day, where you know you see you see everything and you try to. I mean, you're trying to teach people to do things better, but, you know, really it comes down to common sense on the part of the driver of that vehicle. I mean, it, I can't even begin to tell you some of the stops that I've seen actually last year at the, at the event that I just did. Um, I had a guy go past me first. So they were driving, I don't know which, uh, so let's say they were driving northbound his passengers hanging out of the passenger side door, door wide open, yelling at people with his foot in the door and the door jam. And there's eight other people in the truck. Well, uh, you know, there's not eight seat belts, so that's sort of a bad deal. I pull him over. I say, what in God's name are you actually doing hanging out of this vehicle doing 50 miles an hour down this road? And the first words out of the driver's mouth were, I'm on probation. And yep. I said, well, how about your passenger that was hanging out the door? I said, even if you are on probation, which I'm sorry that you say you are. <laughs> sorry about that. So your passenger is hanging out the door of a car doing 50. I mean, what are you trying to do? I'm trying to impress that girl back there. Oh, okay. Well, it would have been more impressive if you fell out right in front of her because that would have been really <laughs> impressive. So, you know, we went through this whole thing where the guys are in the 
you know, the, all these people are unseatbelted and this and that and this and that. And it's like, oh, my God. You know, it's like you look at a situation like that. I look at a situation like that and go, okay. So I have a whole vehicle load of idiots. And I, I don't know if anything I do is going to teach them a lesson. You know, yeah. I could write everybody in this vehicle a ticket, take the truck, make them all walk home. And I don't know if that's better than just letting them drive down the road and go and just be thankful that nothing ever happened to them. I mean, there's certain things that we have to do in law enforcement. And that's, yeah. I think we can wrap this up by sort of going into those couple things. There's, we're obligated to do certain things. There's certain things that we have leniency to be able to do. Um, you know, if you're, well, I mean, maybe you can hit on a couple of those key points. You know, if you're doing something specifically idiotic that's against the law, what certain things are we mandated to deal with on a traffic stop situation or in general? I mean, is that is that too broad a question? No, I, I mean, we're mandated to hold up, you know, uh, hold up the laws of the state, uh, especially those pertaining to uh, reckless or negligent behavior that can can uh, greatly affect or kill people. You know, and the more serious stuff is going to be the ones that get top priority, and the secondary stuff, the less important stuff, won't be. But you know, we're mandated to uh, to uphold those laws, and you know, like we've talked about tonight, a lot of the way that people respond to that enforcement or in- enforcement attempt is going to determine the outcome of how that stop is is made or how it's completed. Right. So the fact is, is that I could pull you over for one relatively simple thing, taillight out. And really, my only intention is to tell you, hey, Jim, your car, it's got a taillight out. Just wanted to let you know. But your attitude could completely change that entire situation and could literally end up with you in jail because of just your attitude problem or just because of what you think you might have done wrong or because of whatever that, you know, little voice inside your head is telling you, you know. And I think a lot of people do not understand that cops aren't out there just to arrest you. They are out there to tell you that sometimes you just have a taillight out. Right. You know, and, and the safest way to tell you that is to pull you over. But, you know, I'm not going to yell it out the window. Hey, you got a taillight out. Maybe you should check that. I mean, nobody ever checks that stuff. And right. those are the types of things that really you, you as a, a responsible driver should be responsible for. You should walk around your car every once in a while and check that all the stuff on your car is working. If you don't yep. want to do that, or if you don't have a way to do that, then take it somewhere to like a Jiffy Lube and do it there, because right. they'll check all that stuff. Yep. You know? And I mean, that's uh, well, I shouldn't say too much because I mean, PC to pull over people, and you know, that's a that's a whole nother topic, and I think that's something we should have Mark around to talk about, which is you know what we can use to pull people over, but. You know, really, it's anything. I mean, go buy a penal code. It's perfectly public information. That that penal code has so many rules in it that allow us to basically pull you over for anything. Because More it's in so the book. vehicle code. Well, uh, vehicle, sorry, vehicle code, yes. Okay, arrest you for anything with the penal code. Pull you over for anything with the vehicle code. <laughs> but... Well, the cool thing about both is they both have cross-references for the more important sections. You right. know, if you, buy a, if you buy a penal code, which, as you said, you can buy anywhere, uh, especially for California, um, it's got a lot of the vehicle code, civil code, health and safety codes, you know, uh, co-chaptered into it. You know, and same with the vehicle code. 
you know, the vehicle code is probably one of the thickest law books out there because there's so many definitions and explanations and violations listed, but it's also got the, uh, the more important uh, penal codes and health and safety codes and everything else. Right. But anyway, you know, I just I just flashed on uh, the TV and what's what's that purple dinosaur that people the kids love? Uh, is it Dino or Barney? All you have to do is look at the strap on your underwear. It's Barney. Here, let me look real quick. <laughs> it is Barney. Or but or I just saw says, Barney and it, and it made me think of Mark and I'm starting to miss him. You know, because it, he is it either brother. says Barney or Superman, one of the two. <laughs> it says Mark Super Kitty Cop. Yeah, that's him. Well, that that poor guy's probably got a more more of a handful than we do on a normal basis. Uh, you know what? I would not want to be where he is right now for yeah, I, nothing. So. Yeah, I don't. I, I've been you know to events like that, and it's uh, truly amazing. Yeah. But yeah, no, we can wrap it for tonight, and then we'll uh, we'll get Mark back in here next week, and he can no uh, uh, no shout outs for Mark. Uh, that he was supposed to do, like to Yukamunga uh, or anything like yeah, that. You know, the the funny part is, is that since people knew Mark wasn't going to be on the show this week, we got a ton of email. Wow. Yeah. So, for the people who did write in, those answers will hopefully come this week because this last week has been terrible, and we'll get back to those people and we'll use those questions in next week's show. And, and Brett's uh, going to send you out a book automatically. Yeah, pretty much. Because at this point, I'm going to just start throwing them out in the middle of the street. So, and Brent, uh, could you tell the people what they've won? Yeah, you've won a book. So, how many you pages know, is the book, Brent? Yeah, the the book is many pages. Two hundred eighty-eight um, pages. Uh, you can well, I, I have to say that at at this point, a lot of those articles and a lot of those stories are on our site at coptalk.info. And I'd say until next week, and when we have our uh, fellow comrade back, uh, Mr. Mark. We'll, uh, we'll sign off for now, and we'll see everybody next week. Hey, everyone. Be safe out there. And uh, Brent and Mark, you stay safe, too. We'll talk soon. I'm going to try, as long as I stay away from that water. <laughs> All right, we'll see you next week. Late. See ya.